Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This is the Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at Western New York with news, features, and special guests. Now, here's your host, Brian Rusk. Back by popular demand, we have the dynamic chair of the Erie County Republican Party, Nicholas Langworthy. To tell you a little bit about him, I first want to mention that he's in a great position of influence, having been selected to serve on President Donald Trump's transition team. Nick Langworthy was unanimously elected as chairman of the Erie County Republican Party in 2010. He was re-elected in 2012, 14, and 16. First elected at 29 years of age, he is the youngest person ever to be elected chairman of any political party in Erie County. In his tenure as Erie County Republican chair, Nick Langworthy has re-energized and modernized the Republican Party and placed a major emphasis on growing the grassroots of the Republican committee in the digital age while sticking to core Republican principles of smaller government, lower taxes, and greater personal responsibility. Let's first talk about this transition team. It's very prestigious. It's an important committee, and I know you've worked with Janine Pirro, who was a speaker at your function at Salvatore's a couple months ago. What exactly is President Trump's transition team all about? Nick Langworthy. Well, thanks first. Thanks for having me, Brian. It's great to be back on the show and uh, and talk to your listeners. Uh, it, you know, it was a tremendous honor for me to serve on President Trump's transition. Uh, is uh, he was working to set up his government. Uh, particularly, you know, the effort was was largely between election day and uh, inauguration day. So it was a very you know quick period of time. But you know, discussing uh, key appointments for. You know, many of the four to five thousand, you know, plus positions that exist in the government that are key positions that need to be filled. And unfortunately, uh, you know, due to a lot of obstruction, we don't see enough of those positions um, filled yet today. Here we are as uh, we sit in June of uh, of his first uh, year in office. So. Um, but, uh, you know, I know that the president put many great candidates up, uh, for positions and, uh, he's being treated very unfairly, not just by the, those in the mainstream media, but, you know, by, by many in Congress that, you know, seek to obstruct. They, they, they don't seek to, um, you know, pr- provide a, a stronger, you know, sound government. And, uh, it, you know, it's unfortunate. It sure is. Now let's uh, turn over to local politics. We have a, a tremendous Polish American as chairman of the Erie County Legislature, whose mother's name um, is Dombrowski, and I'm referring to John Mills, very popular in the Polish community, a very quiet 
leader, but a very strong leader. And it's sort of amazing how Nick Langworthy, as chairman of the Erie County Republican Committee, can deliver a majority when he's 150,000 down on affiliation of Republicans versus Democrats. First of all, how you do it, let's talk about John Mills and where you might want to pick up another seat or two. Well, John Mills is a, like you said, a very strong statesman. Uh, you know, he's someone that, uh, you know, seeks input from, from both sides of the aisle. Uh, I think he treats his colleagues fairly, regardless of affiliation. But at the end of the day, he pushes his agenda in the agenda, which I believe is a taxpayer's agenda. Uh, and I think that is really the key to how we're able to win uh, seats in, in areas where there might be more significantly more Democrats and Republicans. It's because uh, our party, um, of Chris Collins, they put taxpayers first. And that's the message that goes back to the people at home is you know, the, the candidates that we put forward are those that put the taxpayers' interest before their own. Uh, and, and you've seen those results out of this legislature, which has held this county executive accountable on many of his reckless spending plans, uh, particularly as you look at ECMC and some reckless borrowing that the county executive wanted to do, which really would just uh, basically give him a slush fund and rainy day fund for pork projects. Uh, but, you know, it's also just legislators that fit the district and put the community first. Uh, service has to become before politics. And uh, very proud of the legislators that we have in office. Very good. Now, you alluded to the media, and it's really such a different story today versus 10, 20, or 30 years ago, the adversarial relationship. Um, and, and, and I can't understand. I was just talking to Jimmy Stellianu, our director of production, before the program about this Russian uh, situation, and I don't know why they appointed a special counsel when it's all hearsay. I mean, I don't know how this stuff gets on national press, and then I hear the nonsense of Congresswoman Maxine Waters of California, and she's saying how President Trump should be impeached for firing Comey. And the reporter asked Congresswoman Maxine Waters, what if Hillary Clinton won the election and she fired Comey? Would that be all right? And Congresswoman Waters said, absolutely, that will be okay. So how can a Congresswoman have the press cover this saying that Trump should not be allowed to fire the FBI director where Hillary Clinton is perfectly okay? Where is the press? Where is all this? Tell us about that, Nick Langworthy. Well, unfortunately, we see just such a huge bias in media against President Trump, but also against his allies. I mean, you see it uh, really right down to the local level. I mean, and the term fake news is one that's becoming reality because I I believe the media is becoming a parody of itself uh, where they're finding pieces of stories and extrapolating, you know, their their own narrative to it. There's more editorial content in what should be just straight reporting and facts than there ever has been in the history of the republic. Uh, the, the bias against this president is extreme. It, there's no era for governance, and that's what's the crime against the taxpayers of this country, is we've had our election. We've elected a president. Instead of allowing him to try to achieve an agenda that the public clearly supported on Election Day, uh, by, by, you know, the strong support uh, across the country, uh, we have a perpetual campaign. And that is not healthy for democracy, and that is not healthy uh, for the taxpayers in the future of our republic. 
I mean, but they want a campaign-like atmosphere at all times where you have nasty attacks. Uh, there's there's no statesmanship left in Washington, D.C., and I, I really do think that the silent majority is going to stand and stand tall because they see what's happening to this president. I haven't met a person yet that was a strong supporter of uh, our president on Election Day that proudly voted for him that's got any change of opinion uh, or, or says that they want their vote back. I, I think that people think that this president is putting America first. That's what we need to do uh, is put our country first. He did a, a brilliant trip overseas where he showed tremendous leadership to the world, and you barely saw coverage of many of the key breakthroughs that the president achieved. I mean, it just shows the agenda-driven politics of not just the Democrats in Congress, but the mainstream media. Before we talk about the Trump agenda, we first have an announcement. Western New Yorkers love the traditions, and the Ampol Legal newspaper has been writing about Polish-American traditions and events for over 50 years. News and features from a Polish-American perspective can be found in this weekly newspaper, as well as recipes and a calendar of events. Don't miss out on the next cultural presentation or polka dance by reading the Ampol Legal. The Ampol Legal is available in many Tops and Wegmans stores for home delivery, Call 716-835-9454. That's 716-835-9454 to have the latest news from Poland and Polonia in your mailbox each week. Again, our guest today is the dynamic Erie County Republican chair, a very popular man with all Republicans in West New York, Nicholas A. Langworthy. If you're listening in Cheektowaga, Montreal, or Washington, D.C., to our 50,000 watts covering 17 states and much of Canada, please write to Brian Rusk. ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 14226. And we always greet cards and letters from Canadian and European listeners, as this station has received letters as far away as Scandinavia and New Zealand. I'd like to thank those who called regarding our recent guest, Ukrainian leader Diana Durhak, Boaz Gaynor, expert on counterterrorism from Israel. Senator Pat Gallivan coming up. We'll have John Mills, a very effective chairman of the Erie County Legislature. A little bit more information about Nicholas Langworthy since he was elected chairman. The Republican Party in Erie County has been growing, winning, and leading. In 2013, a Republican majority was elected to the Erie County Legislature for the first time in four decades. His era of party leadership has led to great victories, including the election of Congressman Chris Collins, County Comptroller Stefan Mahalyu, County Clerk Chris Jacobs, and the re-election of Sheriff Tim Howard. This has all been done in a county where Democrats outnumber Republicans by two-to-one margin. Chairman Langworthy continues to grow local Republican representation by recruiting strong, taxpayer-focused candidates to serve at the state, county, town, and village levels of government. Our guest today, Chairman Nicholas Langworthy. Let's talk a little bit more about the Trump agenda. I know he wants to get Obamacare finished and, and replace it. Then we, t- we hear of a tax cut. We hear about reforms to Dodd-Frank. Let's talk about this agenda. What is it? Why is it so important? Chairman Nick Langworthy. Well, as you look at health care, we've got one half done. Uh, and certainly the bill's not a perfect one. It's, you know, nothing comes to the United States Congress that is perfect. But it is a start, and Obamacare is collapsing in on itself. That is a matter of fact. Uh, you see just, I think, headlines in today's paper that there's, there's some 
uh, Blue Cross plans that are going up 48% this year. Uh, this is failed policy, and it's 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 wrong. Um, it, it has not worked. It will not work, and it's killed jobs across the country. You know, we need a common sense approach to health care, uh, and uh, I think the bill that was passed by the House of Representatives is a definite step in the right direction, and now it sits in the Senate. My hope is that we see some action by the end of the year. Uh, it, the U.S. Senate just doesn't move as swiftly as. Uh, many would like, but hopefully we can get a bill uh, through and, and get some real health care reform on the table uh, that, that protects key, you know, parts, the popular parts of Obamacare, but also just it makes a more business friendly approach to health care uh, that uh, that isn't stifling to growth and development of our country. Uh, when you look at tax reform, it's so desperately needed. We have the highest corporate tax rate in the world. Uh, we have to we have to change that so that we have the ability to repatriate so much American money that's sitting out in foreign countries. Uh, that would be a huge boost to our economy to, to repatriate that money, to get it back flowing into our economy. And I think it would be a great way for us to fund infrastructure uh, in this country. Uh, but tax reform can make this economy hum greater than ever before. I mean, we have the lowest unemployment rate uh, under President Trump's uh, first uh, quarter in office uh, than we've had in over a decade. I mean, these are great talking points, things that you don't hear trumpeted in the media. Uh, but you did hear, you know, the constant congratulations of the press uh, from our past president. Uh, it's every a day, standard. every day, every single day. And uh, but but, you know, tax reform, health care reform, and infrastructure improvement, all huge priorities of this president, as well as taking care of our veterans. And you've seen, you know, small victories there so far, but much more to come. Let's talk about a friend of yours, and you got him back again involved in politics. Uh, he was county executive. He was out for a little while. You brought him back, and boy, is his star shining as the liaison between the President of the United States and the U.S. Congress. I'm referring to Chris Collins, a man who's a businessman and not a, a political hack, uh, but a uh, proven successful businessman who ran Erie County government like a business. Now he's the U.S. Congressman, a very popular Republican district. Let's talk about his star rising and shining. How's Chris Collins doing? I think he's he's doing an amazing job, and you can tell he's doing in, in a great job and being very effective by the amount of scrutiny he's getting in the media. Uh, he's, he's being attacked on a very regular basis, uh, not on his policies, but but uh, they're trying to nitpick at uh, his success in business and, and many other things he's achieved in life. So that means that they know he's a key player, uh, particularly you know as an ally to the president. Uh, the first member of Congress to endorse Donald Trump for president, they took real courage and guts. And uh, the one thing about Chris Collins, they're not going to intimidate him. He's someone that has, has stood his ground to do the right thing. He did it for the taxpayers of this county, uh, and he righted the ship, uh, which was a very, very broken government under Joel Giambra. Uh, and, and Chris Collins fixed that, fixed it probably so well that he ruffled too many feathers. That's why he wasn't reelected. I mean, he just probably went a little too far in some of his reforms. He probably accomplished eight years' worth of reforms in four and uh, did the job too fast and change comes slow. So uh, I think that's ultimately why he wasn't reelected, but that was 
really a blessing because now he's gone on to you know serve us in the House of Representatives and and take that same common sense leadership uh, on a national level. Now I see something so unusual of a governor of New York State fighting. I believe it's five Republican congressmen bringing in the minority leader of the House uh, to New York to campaign to get rid of five incumbent New York State congressmen. Uh, I've never seen anything like this before, to have such an, an antagonistic relationship with the incumbent congressman in New York State. Wouldn't Cuomo be better off trying to work with these congressmen than trying to throw them out? Uh, Brian, that'll never happen, and here's the reason why. This president wants to run against Donald Trump for president of the United States. And this charade uh, of his trying to move House seats into Democratic hands is simply his hat tip to the Democratic National Committee and, and Democrats all over the country that he is working to try to establish a progressive left-wing agenda in the Congress. Uh, make, make no mistake, he is an insincere politician looking just to promote himself. Uh, I, I, I laugh in the face of the governor's press conference yesterday because he says he's going to go work to flip the congressional districts of those that he does not agree with. If you look at a map of the counties uh, in which these districts are contained, go back to the 2014 governor's election. Mm-hmm. Most of the counties in the districts that, that he's talking about, uh, he widely lost in his reelection for governor where he won overwhelmingly uh, statewide. So, you know, in the areas he says he's going to affect real change and, and send Republican uh, members of Congress packing, he wasn't popular enough to defeat an underfunded adversary. Unbelievable. For those who just tuned into the Rusk Report, we're listening to a bright, gifted chairman of a political party, Nicholas A. Langworthy, the chairman of the Erie County Republican Committee. If you're listening in West Seneca, Toronto, or Manhattan, drop us a note. Please write to Brian Rusk, ESPN Radio, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Buffalo, New York, 140. Two two six. We always greet letters from our Canadian and European listeners. A little bit more information about Chairman Langworthy. In recent years, Erie County has become the epicenter of New York State Republican politics. Potential statewide candidates usually make a visit with Langworthy at Erie County Republican headquarters, the first stop of their campaign tours. This has led the Buffalo News political reporter Bob McCarthy to nickname Langworthy as the GOP's young elder in his weekly column. Now, talking about statewide candidates, we heard speak many times in western New York. He's come many times for Nick Langworthy. Harry Wilson, the man who turned around General Motors, a proven self-made Harvard graduate, who is a tremendous leader in finance and industry nationally and internationally. He's been to Buffalo at the invitation of Chairman Langworthy. Let's talk about Harry Wilson, a sterling white, clean business person, about running for governor. Well, I have, uh, I've been strongly urging Harry to take a look at running for governor, and we've been having these conversations now for over a year, uh, maybe, maybe a little longer. Uh, Harry is a very intelligent business leader, someone that is a turnaround artist. He fixes broken companies. There's no greater broken company uh, in the world than New York State government. There is no swamp that needs to be drained more drastically than Albany. Uh, you know, that's a swamp that needs 
a lot of bleach to disinfect it. Uh, it but Harry Wilson is exactly what the doctor ordered. Uh, his background, his knowledge, his ability to, to, to fix broken organizations and make them succeed is what the taxpayers of this state need to unshackle uh, the economy of this great state. I mean, we have some of the best people on planet Earth that are New Yorkers. Uh, we have the potential of, you know, the Great Lakes, you know, a wonder of the world, I mean, the capital of the world in New York City. Uh, we have so much to offer. Yet our policies bankrupt us and, and take away our future. They rob us of our youth and our the brain drain of people that have to leave here for better opportunities. It's it's one of the great tragedies uh, that that people in this state uh, have to live with. That their children, quite possibly not because they want to, but because they need better opportunities, will likely leave after they graduate from college. And we need some to bring an optimism back uh, that, that is going to unleash the economy of this state and, and cut taxes and get the regulations off the back of small business so that we can allow our people to do what they do best, which is succeed. Harry Wilson can do all of that. Uh, he has the knowledge. He has the know-how. He's got the experience uh, to, and the courage to fix it. We have to get him into the race, uh, and I know he's giving great thought to it, um, and uh, I talk to him on a regular basis. I mean, my hope is that uh, he'll take this race on. I guess we'll know sometime this fall on whether or not he's going to move ahead with the race. Chairman Langworthy, let's talk about these ridiculous stories, and I said to Jimmy before the taping of this collusion, where all the intelligence agencies have found no collusion, and where do people get this hearsay and make this up that there's collusion between Trump and the Russians when there's no evidence anywhere of this. Where does this all come from? Oh, this is a simple witch hunt. This is political theater at its very finest. I mean, it's, we're going to live through this for the entirety of Trump's presidency as uh, you know, Democrats in Congress look to create false narratives as to why they lost the election. Uh, you know, their candidate blew it. I mean, the American people weren't buying what Hillary Clinton was selling. She ran as a heir apparent uh, that was using a Rose Garden strategy to win the White House. She ran a terrible campaign with, a, with no message, and she wonders why she lost. She's one of the most divisive figures in the history of our country and lost for good reason. And Donald Trump won for good reason because he was offering a radically different approach to the future of our country that many people bought into. Many people... Uh, believe that we do need drastic measures to fix our nation. Uh, I certainly do. I know you do, Brian. Uh, you know, we need a better opportunity for our future for our children. And there was nothing but platitudes and slogans in Hillary Clinton's message. And we had just finished living with that for the last eight years. And the American people said, enough is enough. Let's talk about the coal industry. And I was talking to... Um a gentleman with 43,000 employees in, uh, from New York City, and he said that Hillary Clinton lost the election over coal. And uh, when she kept saying that she wanted to get rid of the coal industry over and over again for years, people in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia said no to Hillary Clinton. Did she lose this over coal? Well, I think it certainly was a large contributing factor. I don't know that there's one single... Uh 
situation or position that ended her campaign, but certainly attacking an entire industry that people have made a way of life of in generations. I mean, coal is Western Pennsylvania. Coal is West Virginia and in Eastern Ohio. I mean, these are important industries that put food on the table for many, and it's part of their family and their lineage. And and she and the environmental uh, do-gooders in Congress uh, have done so much to cripple that industry. Instead of finding new technologies and new ways to make it better, they just choose to vilify. And people don't want to be made to be ashamed of the way, their way of life. And if that is how you put your food on your table and you put an honest day's hard work in to earn that salary, you shouldn't be made to be ashamed of that. And, and honestly, shame on Hillary Clinton and the Democrats for doing that to these good, hardworking people. You mentioned this earlier in the program on the Rusk Report on ESPN AM 1520 of the headline in the Buffalo News of the Blue Cross Blue Shield rates going up 48% when the inflation rate may be 1% or 2% with Obamacare. How is this conscionable? I'm sorry, say that again, Brian? I said how is a 48% increase with Blue Cross Blue Shield under Obamacare, the result of Obamacare, acceptable to the American public? I don't see how it is. I don't see, uh, you know, other there's a few key areas that have protected people in Obamacare. One is, the you know, no exclusions from pre-existing conditions. And the, and the other is allowing people up to the age of 26 to be on their parents' plan. Right. Beyond that, I, I, I don't know that it's done a thing to lower the cost of health care. Uh, and, you know, you see the, the results, how many providers have stopped providing. I mean, you hear states that have exchanges with virtually no providers or one provider. That's not an exchange. That's a mandatory health care at that plan. There's no choice. And to have 48% premium increases, you're driving people out of the marketplace. You cannot tell me that there's not a cheaper and better way to provide health care in the most prosperous, most uh, successful nation in the history of the world. It's a crime what's going on here. And and really, I, it makes you believe that some of the people were right when they said that Obamacare has been created to fail because it's a slippery slope to socialized medicine once it collapses. We have uh, just a few seconds left. What about Mickey Kearns? Can he win this seat? I feel very strongly that Mickey Kearns is going to be the next county clerk of Erie County. I mean, Mickey, I just actually, I'm traveling back from Albany right now. I just met with him on the assembly floor. He was uh, working very hard on, you know, some legislation. But uh, Mickey has been someone that's gone against the grain uh, time and again. He's not been intimidated by anyone, no matter how powerful they were. He was the first uh, Democrat in the assembly to stand up and call for Shelley Silver. I'm sorry we have to bring the Rusk Report to a close. Thank you for teaching us so much about local and national politics, the dynamic Nick Langworthy, chairman of the Erie County Republican Party. Thanks for teaching us so much. Have a great week. Thank you. You've been listening to The Rusk Report, a program that takes an inside look at the Western New York community with news, features, and special guests. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write to Brian Rusk, 500 Corporate Parkway, Suite 200, Amherst, New York, 14226. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.